What's up, y'all? Welcome to... Whoa. Like, who is texting me? I was literally just starting my podcast, and that is my cousin wishing a happy Easter. Welcome, welcome, uh, whatever. Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm your host, John Amar. Yes, it is Easter Sunday, uh, at least at the time of recording this, so happy Easter. Um, this is also the first episode of this podcast that is that I'm doing remotely, broadcasting live from my living room in Upper Kirby. Um, the previous two episodes I was able to do in person at the Baron Collective, which is a really cool recording studio, and on those first two episodes, we were able to gather in person and sit around the table and talk music and listen to music and and talk unlucky things in love and get real about some deep shit and you know we're still gonna do that today we're just gonna be doing it a little differently we're gonna be doing it from home so i am really really excited for today's episode we have got some on some we've got some really great special guests for y'all today First up, we have one of my favorite artists here in Houston, Texas. She goes by TV. Her album, Tempest, was one of the best of 2019. So good. We are still talking about it in 2020 in a quarantine. It is full of really great songs. Good production. It's very colorful. Check it out. We're going to hear from her and listen to one of her songs. We are going to start a new segment today called Retro Reviews. I write for the music section of the Houston Press doing concert reviews and artist interviews and, and things like that. And because of COVID canceling the music industry for the time being, there are just no shows to review right now. And that is really starting to kill me on a fundamental level. So the way we're going to fill that void, I am going to grab my bag of concert tickets from all the shows that I've been to over my life, I guess. And I'm going to draw a ticket at random and give you the lowdown on what went down that night. And if I'm able to like reach out to a friend that I went to that concert with, then I will do so. And we will hear both sides of the story on that. And after retro reviews, we are going to hear from Ricky Vasquez, the lead singer and guitarist of Camera Cult. I'm really, really stoked for this. This is a very first ever for this podcast. We are going to world premiere the new Camera Cult single, which I'm really, really stoked for. I have heard it. It is dope. It is epic. It is huge. These guys keep upping their own game, and I just can't wait to talk to them, talk to Ricky about this. But first, let's talk today. Let's talk today. Yes, let's talk today. Today is Easter Sunday. My cousin Noah texted me earlier wishing me a happy Easter. So happy Easter to Noah. Happy Easter to you. Um, yeah, like this holiday, it's observed by some. It's observed by many, by plenty. Um, taking, really just talking the secular side of Easter for, for now. Um, it is kind of a strange holiday when you think about it. Uh, the whole the whole Easter egg thing, I never quite understood, especially confetti eggs or cascarones. We used to do cascarones all the time growing up, up till I don't even know when. But the whole idea of cracking an egg a certain way, like really going back to the beginning of how to like to make a confetti egg, you've got to like crack the egg itself a certain way so that the yolk comes out. It's just like on one edge of the egg that you have to do it. And then you have to, like, dry the egg out, or I don't even know. You have to be patient. Fuck that. 
and then you f- dye the egg special colors and then put confetti in it and then put like a little wrapper on top and then you do this a lot and a lot and a lot so that on Easter Sunday you have bountiful amounts of eggs to run around the yard and attack your family with like the whole thing is is really barbaric um I never quite understood the tradition but I'm glad that I'm glad that nobody is attacking me in my home right now much less with a fucking Easter egg. My grandma had something right. Like the very last, the last memory I have of doing Easter eggs with the family, my grandma wore a helmet. And that is why we respect my grandmother because she knew what was up. The last time I did confetti eggs ever though was actually 10 years ago this year. I was a freshman in college. I was living in Chicago at the time. And my mom, bless her heart, she shipped me like four dozen cascarones from Houston. They got to my dorm relatively uncracked. There might have been a handful that, that had not traveled well, but aside from that, everything these were ready to these were ready for to be weaponized. Let's put it that way. And so me and me and some of the homies, there were like four of us total. We went to the park late at night on Easter Sunday. I was the only one who even partook in this tradition growing up. So I had to like really hype it up for them and let them know like, well, this is what you do with the Easter eggs. Like we're going to go to the park and then we're going to run around and crack this on top of each other's heads until we don't have any more eggs to do that with. And they bought it. So we went to the park and we were just, it was like any other walk. We were just chilling. We were talking about life and about school, all this shit. And then as soon as we got to a certain part of the park, the vibe changed immediately and we started attacking each other with Easter eggs in downtown Chicago at like 10 or 11 at night on a Sunday. The only other weird thing about Easter is the the fucking bunnies. I just don't understand why people go to a shopping mall to begin with, much less go to a shopping mall to place their child on the lap of a stranger who is dressed up as a bunny. At least with Santa Claus, you can see the dude, but you have no idea who's under this bunny. Like, the only place I would feel comfortable doing that with is, or doing that at is, is at Disney World. Because it's just so magical. I don't care who is under the Pluto costume. Pluto is my favorite character at Disney World to take a picture with and get his autograph. It could be Danny DeVito. It could be uh, Tara Lipinski. I don't know who the hell is under the, the Pluto costume. It doesn't matter. It's fucking Pluto. But the Easter Bunny, I just I, I need these bunnies to, to not be life-size or not to be human. And uh, anyway, happy happy Easter to you. Now, the actual day that this episode is airing, if you're listening to it right now and it's Monday, it is a different holiday celebrated by others, celebrated by many, by plenty. It goes by the name of 420. So if you are partaking in 420 activities as we speak, good for you. Whatever you are doing right now, however you're partaking in it, I hope that you are doing it at home, that you are not out at a park, that you're not out in public socializing, doing all this crap. Keep doing your part. Keep social distancing. Have fun. Happy 420. And that's all for today. That's all for today.
So usually on the podcast, we would listen to a song of mine from the new album because this podcast corresponds with my new breakup album, Long Story Short. However, I just don't feel like listening to my song this week. I know that's not like the best way to promote your music at all by not wanting to listen to it. It's just I'm at home all day, every day by myself. There is plenty of me to go around for me, myself, and I. I do, however, want to listen to a song by our next guest. We're going to have TV call in in just a little bit, but before she does, I want to listen to her song Home from her album Tempest. So this is Home by TV. Teresa. <laughs> Not much. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, it it is so good to hear your voice and thank you for for taking time to 
to to join us on the podcast today. Um, yeah, I was just listening to Home from Tempest, and so much of it was like, no pun intended, was legit hitting home. Um, especially like the lyrics in that first verse. Correct. I hope I, I hope I got these right, but it's all my dreams are gone and all my days are long. Time passes on and on. And what is that last lyric? Um, um, oh, the sea still grows on. The sea. Oh, okay. I, 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 I thought it was city still runs on, but I could not tell. I think it says the sea still grows on. The sea still grows on. It does indeed. Props to you for being... Let, fe- me, let me hold up. Let me, let me check that. Yeah, let's get it right. In front of my computer for this, possibly. Um, so I cannot give you any wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> or any wrong lyrics. No, we need a perfect score on this SAT. Hey, that's a really great song to dive into, though. It really um, is. Considering Considering time, everything. How are you holding up at home? Great. I mean, I love being home. (laughs) (laughs) And reading and working on music and stuff. Like, it's really not too different from what I'd be doing. Right? (laughs) Like, introverts unite. I know that's like an old conversation already, just three or four weeks into a pandemic. But, like, this really is an introvert's dream. Okay, all my dreams are gone, all the days are on, the time passes on and on, the sea still grows on. Yeah. The sea still grows on. I love that. I mean, you you had talked, when we talked about this album months and months back, you talked about each one of the songs being kind of like uh, a substorm within like the album, and uh-huh. this this seems to fit the storm that's happening right now while referencing a different type of storm of a hurricane there with the sea at the end. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, where were you coming from with all that? Um, I'm gonna have to look at these lyrics for a second and try to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it was more of feeling like it's definitely a feeling. Like a lot of this album is like um, then kind of started with an emotion, and then I'm kind of like. I mean, there are specific things that it's about, but it's more just about like a specific emotion. And I think this one is maybe like feeling um, really detached from everybody and society, and like trying to find like a place in myself to be myself. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, Hello, test, test, test. This is Alex. Oh no! What just happened? What up? What up? Oh no! So there you go. Myself speaking huh. my I accidentally Thank just you. no. I just pressed play on accident on this like YouTube video I had open from last night when I was trying to figure out how to record using my internal microphone on the speaker here. Oh my god! Fun, fun times. I mean, this has gotten really DIY. This whole project is so DIY, and the podcast just took a DIY turn now that everything is remote and not in person. Um, but I, I love what you're saying about being detached, especially from society. That's like, that's the backdrop right now. Um, Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's also kind of like a loss of self and a loss of like, um, I don't know, like identity a little bit. Sure. 
Especially for, like, your more extroverted types who are so used to, like, going out all the time and living their lives outside of the sanctuaries that introverts create. Like, yeah. there's a definite loss for them. What, what, what's been, like, the hardest thing that you've had to, like, sever ties with for the time being? Um, you mean, like, during quarantine? Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't really know. You know, honestly, it's kind of the hardest thing for me is, is, is maybe just having to sit at home and read all the news and everything that's happening. Sure. <laughs> um, which I think sometimes I maybe uh, don't do because I am out, you know, in a routine, a little bit of a routine. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm a little bit in a different routine and it's kind of like become a new obsession for me to just like wake up and get really angry every morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> it's really, really, it's really unhealthy. Um, I think I'm on the, the other side of the coin there. I don't wake up really angry, but I wake up really depressed right now. Like, the whole last week, I've just been like, yeah. I'm just going to sit in bed for an hour because I can, and yeah. fuck you if you don't like it. And whoever that is, I don't know who that is, because there's nobody here at home except me. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did that for the first weekend. I definitely, like, played Animal Crossing for the entire weekend and then I was like oh, sh- oh shit it's Monday uh, <laughs> I, which is like the one day that I actually do still go to work for a little while yeah um so I was like oh, okay I have to like I have to like be like I have to not be in bed I have to be I have a human to, like, being do today do a real life thing for today yeah um, you know, it took me the longest time to figure out what that game was called that everybody was playing. I'm like, man, what what is this game? There's a bunch of like little mini mini humans, and they're on these fake. Is this like uh, Farmville from Facebook way back when? But it's this is you like know, the game dropped at such a great time. It did because <laughs> it's like you can literally escape from what's going on, and you can be on this like beautiful island, and it's like yours. Is it? Is it kind of like The Sims? It's better than The Sims. Oh, whoa! Except, you know, except that I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be playing into this um, whole uh, holiday thing. And so, like for the last week, everybody had been complaining, and I actually didn't know that everyone was complaining. I thought it was because I, I hadn't seen anything about it. Uh-huh. And then, like, you know, I guess I, I talked about it. My phone heard me, and it started coming up <laughs> <in> all <laughs> memes, like all these memes because they're doing this like Easter thing where there's a bunny on your island. Yeah. And, and they're calling it Bunny Day, I guess, to be politically, like, safe. Sure. It's not called Easter, but this bunny is super annoying, and you have to find, like, every time you're, like, going fishing for a fish, like, an egg comes out, and you're oh. like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want, I don't want an egg. Oh, I'm tired, no. I'm tired of fishing for eggs. Oh, like, no. <laughs> that is, that is so funny you bring that up today, because um, earlier on the show I was talking about Easter and how weird it is, specifically the Easter bunny, and mm-hmm. that it's just so weird to go to a shopping mall way back when, and like that parents will like put their kids on the lap of a stranger in like you you have no idea who's in that Easter bunny thing like I, that has always weirded me out since I was a kid and and even the whole tradition of, of Easter eggs like why why are we putting eggs around the yard and in the trees? I have no idea. This is whack. It is. I mean, as a kid, I'm not going to lie, I love getting an egg, like a plastic egg, and it having money in it. That's tight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but as far as the actual tradition goes, mm-hmm. I, I'm not... Not sold. 
you know, know, we're kind of like in an economic Easter right now. Like we are, I think we're all running around our yards looking for money. Definitely. Yes. But see, and the thing is, on Animal Crossing, you can bury money, and it will grow a money tree. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Money trees is the place for shading. Is that is that how Kendrick says it? Yes. Yeah. Um, place for shade. Well, I, I have thought of you from time to time during the quarantine, um, especially when it comes to washing hands and OCD. Um, I know like when we've spoken before, you've been really open about your experiences with OCD. Um, and so I kind of wanted to just get your take on what, what life is like now that everyone is demanding relentless hand washing. How has that been for you? So honestly, that's like a part of OCD that I kind of experienced as a child with a, my had like a long hand washing phase. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> uh, it actually hasn't been part of a compulsion for me. I've picked up a new, it hasn't been like a compulsion to like relieve any kind of anxiety for me around this. Like, sure. When I go out, that's one, like when I, when I go to work, like I wash my hands way too much. But, you know, at home, I I feel like I've maybe conquered that whenever I was a child. I had like a hand washing issue where like, I would take a bath as a kid, and then I'd get out and wash my hands, and then I'd put <laughs> my clothes on, and I'd wash my hands because I thought I was dirty again. Right. Um, so I definitely conquered that as a kid, so that hasn't been, like, a huge issue. Honestly, the huge issue has been just, like, obsessively reading about... <laughs> about everything. ...what's going on in the world, yeah. and, like, about the virus, about, like, getting the truth about where, you know, like, where, you know, the ecological impact it's having and stuff, and it's just, like, really depressing and angry and um that has been definitely an obsession that i'm having to try and deal with now. yeah and, and there's like no out. stopping cues and when you're reading it's the like news the too that, yeah sorry what were you saying well i just feel like the information is just like you know with the virus specifically it's just like every day there's new research mm-hmm. and um it's, it's hard to find know, a it's source. It's hard to not want to take in what's new every day. Right. Um, just to kind of learn about what's going Every day's a new reality for this thing. So, you know. Um, yeah, I've, I found myself doing... doing that throughout the whole day. Yeah, like, when at first I was doing it all day, and now I'm at, like, a, a 10 minute... At 10 minute intervals, like, in the morning and at night, and just That's really, great. like, scanning through as fast as I can. Like, I'll be reading some New York Times article, literally just the first sentence of each paragraph. It's like, oh, I think I actually reached capacity with the info from this story I can take. Let's move on to the next. Like, it's just, it is what it is. I, um, I haven't struggled with OCD in the past, but I am having a different kind of OCD during uh, the pandemic. I'm calling it Obscure COVID Dreams. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The the dreams... What, what is happening? I'm having weird dreams from the subconscious come up. Um, like, weird social circles that are colliding that don't need to be colliding. Um, dream, <laughs> dreaming about, like, my ex when that is, like, so far away. No pun intended for your song. <laughs> Um, so far away, so far away. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I think you intended that. I actually did not, but it, it, it really, um, made, it it, great. it's great. great, yay. Um, so I, I did have one dream where I, like, 
I went dolphin diving. Off That's the, fun. Yeah, but it was like off the side of a waterfall that was on 288. Oh my god. So it was like, yeah, so 288 and then a waterfall that went into dolphin diving. And the dolphin diving, it was like a baby dolphin and a big dolphin. And there's got to be some symbolism in there, but I just <laughs> don't feel like it. <laughs> I feel like I can't even. I just... I'm like, I'm not even a dolphin guy. Like, what the fuck? Really? I mean, I love dolphins. Yeah, like, I love dolphins. I love orca... Like, I'm more orca whales and hippos. Like, hippos are my thing. I've got a whole collection of hippos at the house. Um, I went whale watching last July 4th out in Seattle and saw some humpback whales, like, changed my life forever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having the obscure COVID dreams right now. Are you having any, like, sleep issues? I haven't, but... Lucky. Um, I, I haven't had any where, like, I'm freaked out about, like, people, like, coming around or touching me or anything, or, like... I, I haven't. I haven't, honestly... I haven't really been sleeping that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't really had a lot of dreams. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you don't sleep, you can't dream, right? Right. I'm glad that you've had at least some dreams. You've gotten into that REM cycle. That we're, yes. Um, damn. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on today. I, I love your music, and I love that we have your music here during a quarantine. We're going to keep jamming it. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna stop recording now and retro review retro review a um, so yeah we're coming up with some transitions for this show y'all but this is retro reviews um, I grabbed a ticket from the bag earlier and the ticket I grabbed was muse simulation theory world tour at the Toyota Center here in Houston Texas this was on February 22nd, 2019, and I am about to call my friend Ailey, because Ailey and I went to this show together, so I'm um, just going to call Ailey right now, and uh, we, we said we would talk at 2.30, it is 2.28, um, but you know what, let's just, let's just do it. Hey, Ailey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, you're live on the air, oh my god. Ah, how exciting! <laughs> I know, right? Hey, it, it's really good to hear your voice. I know, like, last time I saw you, we were at tennis and having a fucking blast, and that was... Yeah, another great concert. <laughs> I know, and that's, like, the last, that's the last concert I went to since everything. Yeah, me too, but it was totally worth it, and I had such a great time. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, no, of course. Yeah. So, for those of y'all listening, uh, Ailey and I have gone to so many concerts together. Um, I'll probably be calling Ailey from time to time on this segment, because half of these tickets, I think, in the bag, uh, Ailey and I went to. So, uh, yeah, the, the ticket I drew was Muse. Um, which we went to back last year, almost kind of at this time in February last year. Yeah, I actually, whenever you 
mentioned Muse, I was thinking like, oh my God, like it's been so long since we went, you know? Yeah. And the first thing that came to mind, I was like, oh my God, Muse, the concert. Yeah. And I was reliving it again. And then the first thing that came to mind was the overall performance and the visuals. It was amazing. <sighs> it really was. That production they did, um, what they had like a big Robocop skeleton dude at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. It was, it was moving. <laughs> yeah, his arms were going up and down, and they were they were doing this medley of like some of their oldest stuff, and they weren't even doing the full songs. They would just do like a guitar solo and then move into the next thing. And I'm like, I remember like asking you, what song was that? Trying to like write down the set list. Yeah, but we were already next on to the next. Yes. <laughs> What I what I remember most about that night actually wasn't even the concert was uh, it was afterwards we went to Canes and wasn't that your first time having Canes? That was my first time having Canes. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. It was so good, and the sauce. And the sauce, yeah. Now I know it lived up to the hype. It did. I mean, you can go there. Okay, it's it always throws me really crazy when I go there and I'm like not in a good mood. And then they come on, hey, 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 what kind of chicken today? I'm like, oh, shit, now they got me laughing. <laughs> kind of like when you go to Chick-fil-A and everybody is in such a great mood. Right? Oh, it's a pleasure to serve you. How can I serve you? Oh, let me serve you. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, I was legit really just thinking about Chick-fil-A a couple of hours ago. Um, cause one time, like my family and I, we went and my dad asked the, the girl for soup at the drive-thru and she's like, I'm sorry, sir. We're all out of soup today. And he's like, okay. And so we drove right back around and he asked for oh. soup. We just drove around and then my dad asked for soup again and she goes, okay, one soup. What else can I serve you today, sir? Oh, We're like, no. okay. So I think my dad just knew like. They just don't feel like opening the bag of soup to microwave it. And so if they if he like tried it again, then they would have to open the bag of soup to microwave it. So Oh my god. Well, I'm never getting the soup. Don't get the soup at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> hey, it's Easter Sunday. You can't get the soup today anyway. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Um, no, but that show was so much fun at Muse and and I love going to concerts with you. I can't wait to go to another one. Um, after the pandemic is done. Um, yeah, so. Me too. I was so excited about the strokes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right, the strokes. <laughs> you know, I, I totally forgot about, because the week that the strokes even announced, it was like the Monday before Live Nation canceled all of the concerts, right? And so then I think I had texted you that Thursday before they went on sale and it literally like literally I texted you and I was like hey I got the strokes we're gonna go to the show and then the next day everything was gone yeah everything started happening and then oh also Alabama shakes oh and Alabama shakes you know but I was I was able to use some of that interview um after all in the last story that I did so um it wasn't for nothing, you know, it's still, some of it still saw the light of day, which was really heartwarming. Yeah, no, and you also had the experience to interview her too, which is amazing. Yes, 
Yeah, like a, a highlight so far. Like, Brittany Howard asked me, how you doing, John? That was... <laughs> <laughs> that was everything right there. Yeah, I bet. I love her. She seems like a really cool person. I feel like she would be a really cool, good friend. I know. I saw on her Instagram, she posted this this hysterical video where she was just, like, playing her harp in her living room. I'm like, bitch, I didn't know you wow. played the harp. What, can, what can't you do? <laughs> wow she's fucking amazing can i say that yeah oh please we agree <laughs> we stand okay. we're gonna show up to her next show with harps just like strumming harps for her like let's do a trio yeah. let's do a quartet right now <laughs> yes um well I'm going to stop recording now. Um, I know that's, like, not good editing for this podcast. This is all DIY. Who gives a shit? Um, so the, uh, thank you, Ailey. No, you're welcome, John. And good to talk to you. And I was, I'm was i so used to saying good to see you. <laughs> it's really good talking to you. <laughs> Likewise, as always. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. It is almost time to world premiere the new Camera Cult single, chivalry and courtly love not to be confused with the old long forgotten nirvana track chivalry and courtney love just kidding actually ricky of camera cult just texted me and he's about ready so we're gonna call him up we're gonna talk about the new song and then we're gonna listen to chivalry and courtly love. What's up, John? Yo, Ricky, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good to hear from you. Likewise. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Just doing the podcast, and thank you for, for joining. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you today, talk music, do the thing, do the thing like always. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. It's actually the first podcast I've ever been on, I think. Woo! Sure. Well, I'm, I'm honored to have you, especially since we're going to premiere the single here at the end. Yeah, um, that's sick. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for sending that over. Congrats on the new song, uh, Chivalry. No, no, sorry. Chiv no, Chiv it. Chivalry and Courtly Love, right? Yeah, that's it. There we go. Earlier when I was uh, introing this one segment, uh, I said that it was not to be confused with Chivalry and Courtney Love, which is like a long-lost yeah. uh, Nirvana track. Um <laughs> Tell, let's talk the song. Like, where'd you get the title? Where'd you get the inspiration for it? It's so good. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, this song is actually it's a, it's actually a really old song. Um, I wrote this back before I was even with Camera Cult. Um, yeah, I was kind of like by myself writing songs, and uh, I would kind of mess around with other buddies who were musicians and stuff. I think I was like right out of high school, like maybe twenty twelve. Uh huh. When we, when I wrote this one. And the title came from high school because we were reading, um, it was an English class or a writing class or something. Yeah. And I just, we were going over, I think Shakespeare or something. 
And in the textbook, there was this section, and it was titled Chivalry and Courtly Love, which is actually like the like a knight's code, like old English knights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the code they lived by, you know, knights being chivalrous and respectful and courtly with the ladies and stuff. So I just always thought that was a really cool title, and I always knew I wanted to use it. Nice. And so whenever this song came along, I'm not sure that I was really trying to fit the narrative of the song to the title i just thought it sounded cool yeah and whether it does or not you know fit with the song i i, I thought it just sounded great you know it totally makes sense put it together yeah like hearing you say that you wrote it back in high school it totally like makes sense out of the vibe for me because it makes me feel like i'm 18 19 20 years old again in the best of ways um so like to hear that you're coming that's where it's coming from from you is just like really reassuring for sure um, why now? Like, why Why bring it back out after, what, almost 10 years? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, because I, I recorded a demo of it, um, and it's a really bad demo. It's actually still on SoundCloud, if you were to try to look for it. Ooh, fun. And, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really bad, and the verses are different. Um, it's actually a whole different sounding song, and it just sounded so cool. I always knew I liked this thing, and whenever, uh, oh, David, my songwriting partner and bandmate david david gonzalez baby fajitas baby fajitas on (laughs) it he uh he always loved the song too you know he just always like yo this song is so cool and i was like well maybe we can try to turn it to a a camera cult song even though it's very like indie it's very rock it's just a huge step away from our usual like synth pop for sure and he was like yeah let's do it let's try it so we worked on it for maybe like maybe like a year we had it kicking around and just trying different ideas and we kind of cut it shorter. We changed the lyrics a little bit. And then, um, and then we thought it was a cool song and we were like, you know what, even though it's very, uh, rock and indie, we don't care because it's still, it's still us writing it and it's still coming from our band. So what, you know, we're kind of like at a point in our little career where we're just going to make anything we want. And regardless of genre nice. or, or sound or tone or anything, that's that's very punk attitude of y'all too, which I think is such an inherent quality to your artistry. There there is this. I don't I don't care what you think. Like, yeah, just doing what we want. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, well, you know, like our last single days was also very different from our usual uh, synth mm-hmm. stuff. It, it, you know, it was like really nineteen seventy five inspired, and and it's like really lovey dovey cheesy lyrics that we kind of did on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was just the vibe we were in. And like, you know, like I said, we were just at this point where we just don't care. We're just going to write whatever we want. And if we like it and it sounds good enough, we'll put it out. And so that's kind of where we are right now. I, I love that song. And, and I think that, that Chivalry and Courtly Love is definitely like connected to it somehow. It's like a good way to, to build on that because like the lyrics here, man, they're really romantic. Like I, I had typed them out listening back. I'm like, oh, shit, there's, there's like a, a deep love in here somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, this very like a you know, like I said, it was coming out of high school, so it was very like youthful in the narrative of like just you know, like I said, being young and in love, you know, not really knowing enough, just you know, like that young love and and just kind of being unsure of what it really is and not knowing like what love is 
and that's just kind of where I was with that song. And so when yeah. we brought it back, it just felt kind of fun to go back there in that time. Yeah, to like go back on your own terms and to go back knowing those the answers to a lot of those questions that you're asking in the song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is this this question you ask? I'm, I'm scrolling through these lyrics. Oh, did you ever learn to love again? Or did you throw your heart, or did you throw away your heart like I did? Is that the lyric? Yeah. Yeah, that's the lyric. That's the chorus, I guess we call it. Yeah. Uh, that's just yeah, deep. that was one of the original lyrics that, you know, I don't know where it really came from, but it was just like, I just, I think it just fit really well. And, and I think back in that time, I think when I wrote it, I was like coming out of a breakup or something. Yeah, it like, sounds like you know, it. Somebody like young relationship and then like still not like letting go of like a first love and just wondering like how they're coping with it. Like do they care at all or mm-hmm. or if they moved on or whatever. Which are so, like real yeah. questions to ask. Especially like if you were going through that right now during the pandemic, I think that would be even that would like compound the problem or, or make it even worse. Like having all this time oh, on your yeah. hands and then asking these questions about about your ex and shit. Yeah, just kind of being stuck alone in your house, like quarantining and just having to sit with these depressing ass feelings. Right, um, but you know, I, I I also love the song just because like it's it's really hard to to find some music I think right now to really land on to really sit with during during the quarantine. Um, but something about this just really filled up my living room here quite nicely, and it felt like finally um, something to arrive at musically during this stressful time so thank thank you for sharing it now oh no you're welcome thank you i think it was kind of funny someone when we were kind of posting about it and promoting it on our instagram someone had commented like like the it's going to be the official anthem of the of the pandemic or something or the quarantine and i thought i I love that that's great that's what we're going to shoot for yeah yeah no i mean you're you're shooting for those stars and they're they're What's the word? Embracing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes when it drops. You know, we're excited to drop it finally. You know, a song that I've been sitting on for like almost 10 years, like you said. It's just finally fun to have it out. And, and really to, to sound great, like, because if you hear that demo, man, it's rough stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, because uh, I, I played all the instruments and there was no, I didn't record to a click track, so it's just like all over the place and it's so sloppy. Um, Oh, right that's now, nice, you know, though. He works with like a really great producer, uh, Ty Robbins, and he really oh, helped yeah. us like hone in the sound and the tone of this song. It really makes it great, and you know, really excited to put out. For sure, and y'all have been working with Ty for a while now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess almost a year. I think I think we started working with him last June. Uh, he did he did days, and and he's doing. We did Chivalry. Yeah. And so we're working on some uh, new stuff. Well, we were working on some new stuff with him until the coronavirus got out of control and everybody had to stay home and stuff. So so what's what's the game plan going forward? Are y'all going to be trying to do like some remote recording, send them over, get them mixed, stuff like that? I think what we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do some more demoing because some of the stuff we were working on, like some of the new stuff we're working on with him, we got pretty a good majority like recorded and tracked. We were going to do vocals until, you know, the stay-at-home order kicked in and everything. For sure. So, but it's kind of cool because it gives me a little time to 
uh, work on the lyrics and work on how I really want to present the vocals for this next, you know, single that we were working on. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if it's working yet. So now that we have the instrumental down, at least I can focus on the lyrics and the the vocal presentation. Yeah, of what's to come. So. like really honor every step of the process. Yeah, exactly. Because because then, cause then I, now I worry that you know maybe if there wasn't a pandemic that I probably would have rushed it and recorded whatever I had at the time and it probably wouldn't have been as good as what it can be so for sure now I guess I'm gonna work it out yeah no I love to hear that hey this this is not the only new thing in your life this new song uh I hear you are a father now congratulations on (laughs) being a family man how is it yeah it's thank you yeah how how is how is it being a, a new dad and then also just being being a parent in a pandemic of all times. It's so wild. Um, well, first of all, being a dad is great. It's like all the corny stuff that, you know, once, whenever uh, we started telling people like, oh yeah, you know, my wife's pregnant, we're expecting a baby. And then everyone starts to tell you all this, like, oh, you're going to fall so much in love with your baby and all this corny, cheesy, cliche stuff. But it's all true. Like, it really, nice. it really is like... Yeah, it's so true. Like, everything they said, I was like, yeah, I'm totally, like, the greatest thing in my life. Like, I never thought, you know, uh, I'd be this excited or whatever. But it's great. And also having uh, my wife, Joanne, she's, like, a great mom and makes it, like, way easier. Yeah. Being a parent, she's awesome. But it's weird doing that during this pandemic because our baby was born late February on the 25th. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we like were going to have that episode that day. What's up? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did. You, you hit me up to do that episode. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. My baby's coming anytime. Like, I, I don't want to commit. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and it was right before everything popped off. Um, and then we get home and, you know, she's, you know, she doesn't have her shots or anything like that. So we're just kind of laying low. And then, and then now it's like forced to stay home. And she, you know, she hasn't really been out or seen yeah. too much family and stuff. It's kind of like the whole world just went on pause. Right, and, right know, as yours was getting started in a, in a new major yeah, way. In a huge way. But it's been cool to be here, be with mm-hmm. her, spend all this time together. Like, it's great. And so, you know, hopefully this whole thing blows over pretty soon and, you know, we can get her out to the world. Show yeah. Her everything. What, uh, what music are, well, what's your daughter's name? Oh, Mia. Mia, I love it. What what music are yeah, you playing Mia for her? Isabella Vasquez. Ooh, oh, Mi- I'm sorry. No, Mia. what, you said Mia Isabella Vasquez? Yeah. That's a beautiful name. Did y'all name her after after anyone? Uh, well, Mia is just a, I just always like the name. And Isabella is kind of a, uh, well, it's my grandma's name. Well, her name is Isabel. And uh-huh. we're still doing that. Uh, Isabella at the end, and that's her name now. So nice. Uh, I I just always wanted a name that can I can say in English, and then you can also say in Spanish, and it still flows really well. For sure. So that was like what I had in mind with her name. Isabella was was that the name of the pop star in uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie? Is it? I think it is. It was Paolo and Isabella, I think. And yeah, that, I, I, you know, it's funny. My wife watches that movie, like, all the time. I should know that. <laughs> Maybe. I, I know she's always like, sing to me, Paolo, or whatever. Sing to me, Paolo. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, maybe uh, y'all can do, like, a, a family 
performance of This Is What Dreams Are Made Of with, with <laughs> Mia making her, her debut. Dude, that'd be insane. I'm going to I'm have to tell my wife about that. She's going to love that. We're going we're gonna to look forward to that on the, uh, the bonus track of the new Camera Cult album whenever that yeah, that's, services. Yeah, going to be like the secret song, the secret, like, it's going to be uh, hidden within one of the other tracks. you got to wait, yeah. like, 30 seconds or 90 seconds until... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. Do you want to introduce your new song to everyone? Yeah, okay. So this song is a brand new track. It's going to drop April 24th. It's called Chivalry and Courtly Love. And we're really excited for everybody to hear it. So thank you. Thanks for premiering it. Thank you for, for doing it here first. We appreciate you, Ricky. And I'm going to stop recording right now.
So there it is, the brand new Camera Cult single, Chivalry and Courtly Love. You heard it here on Between the Lines first. Thank you so much to Ricky and the Camboys for doing it here. And thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate you. I hope that today has brought you some sort of comfort or laughter or eye rolls. I don't know, whatever you took from this podcast. But I hope you had a good time. I hope you're having a good day. Please stay safe and do your part uh, from the bottom, the top, and all the fucked up sides of my heart. I'm John Amar, and I love you so much. Good night or good day. Good afternoon, Houston. Um, yeah. Bup, 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 bup.